I tried to quit my job today. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, I, I got a new job. Um, and so I was trying to get in touch with my boss to give two weeks notice. Congratulations. Well, she successfully avoided me for the entire day. So I'm not really sure how that works. I mean, were you paid? <laughs> Here's the thing, Sam. If you're putting a good effort towards quitting the job, I think it's on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I've never never been in this situation before where I'm like, you know, trying to, trying to turn in my papers to my boss. And she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm not here. Come back later. <laughs> Uh, and you know, knowing knowing my like work proclivities, that might work. I mean, with with such organizational skills, I wonder why you're deciding to move to a different uh, different company. <laughs> also, congratulations, by the way. Welcome to Brokusatsu, Two Brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and associated media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I'm sorry to Harry for uh, my file naming conventions. Um, I I had to upload like five different zip files of various podcast audio to him today, and their their naming conventions are just all over the wall. And what, what I had to say, hey Sam, you still haven't sent me that air for the last episode, and like, uh, and I mean... That's not me blaming Sam for the last episode, you're getting big late. I mean, it's partially his fault, but it was already late by the time I bothered to ask him. Because, you know, we're doing weird stuff weirdly out of order, and this episode today is kind of an apology for that. And uh, Yeah, and this is, we're, we're in the middle of COVID, time has no meaning, schedules have no meaning, and our show that, like, barely tangentially had, like, a format before this, it's just completely out of the window now. It is overheating and evolving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, uh, I felt bad for us missing episodes and temporarily going to bi-weekly. I do plan for us to go back to regular weekly episodes once we recharge our batteries and get back to shows. We are get back. I don't have to like deal with a show tearing itself apart <laughs> narratively in front of us. We've had, we've had a couple angry casts and it's okay to have the occasional angry cast. The occasional angry cast is a good podcast. But if you're angry all the time, then something's gone wrong and you need to fix it. And for us, it's we're taking some time. We're taking a step back. We're watching some other properties. So we're just refreshing, cleansing our minds. Yeah. And what better way to cleanse our minds from our current uh, dystopian hellscape about a movie that's about a massive disaster causing huge amounts of human lives and an ineffectual government response. Hey! Hey! So, I, I posted to Facebook, because Twitter got it last time, and said, the first thing anybody says, uh, we will cover. And, you know, I this isn't a complaint, really, but I was hoping for something off the wall, like Sewer Sharks or Mommy's <laughs> Alive. Like, some weird thing we hadn't really heard of, because, you know, I, I would have covered anything. 
a couple episodes of The Bachelorette, you know, I would have done that. But no, uh, I should have uh, submitted. I should have submitted. I had a rule against you submitting. God damn it, that's right. But no, uh, Nate on Facebook, he submitted Shin Godzilla, and we watched Godzilla. Yeah, Shin Godzilla. yeah. I mean, you, like Nate, I, on the one hand, thank you. On the other hand, you kind of missed an opportunity to make us watch something that we didn't want to. And, but we, we both kind of wanted to watch this. So, I mean, I guess, thank you. It was really good. That's like the show review. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I'll say it's on archive.org. Like we found this legally for free, like archive.org slash details slash Godzilla resurgence. If you type that in and watch it, like, you know, then just come back and listen to us talk about it. It's, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to do uh, a blow-by-blow plot summary, because this is a Godzilla movie, and most of the plot is burning buildings. Yeah, I don't know why it's called. I mean, I guess Godzilla Resurgence is the American title, but... Well, it's it's like a reboot of the Godzilla idea, right? I mean, so this is, this is a modern update. Like, this is, you know, 2015, 16, whenever it's supposed to be. And in this world, Godzilla has never existed before. This is a new thing. I, I think partially it was done because uh, there was the American Godzilla movie in 2014 that I really liked, uh, and it did bring up some... Uh, it, it made the the property a bit fresher. And in Japan, they're like, all right, the Americans screwed it up once, but they did a good one. Now we need to show them how it's done. And like they crack their fingers, and... I do still like the American ones, but this movie also appears to be about something, which is always it's it's always a plus in a movie. That that's not to say a movie a movie can just be about monsters punching each other. No, no I'm fine with that, but like, no, yeah, 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 you're true. This like, did I'm, have I'm, this did have deeper themes, if that's what you're going for. Like this had this had layers. Like I I love the last two American Godzilla movies, but the the layer there is pretty much a nice thick single layer cake. Yeah, and, and also, I guess I should bring up, occasionally movies have themes, but the themes are morally repugnant to me, and I hate them. Uh, <laughs> this one, I think, avoids that, although it's Japanese politics, and I might be missing some of the signaling. Uh, definitely, this movie was made by a Japanese military nerd, but, I mean, I'm I'm very far-leaning left, but still, sometimes I look at catalogs, and I'm like, wow, the, the, the AA-12 is a really cool automatic shotgun. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I run a Shadowrun campaign that eventually you'll hear about once I when I edit the episodes, and I spend a lot of time poring over the gun catalogs, I'm like, ooh, these are interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I can't look down at yes. that too much. Also, Eric. trades! <laughs> what? Like, in, in topics, like, so on the archive.org listing, it lists topics, like Godzilla, Kaiju, Giant Monsters, whatever, but then a bit in the middle, I noticed trades, and I was like, <laughs> I trades? But man, trades are like the, the climax of this movie. Trades are the, the unsung hero. I know trades get some nice, like, glory shots in the back half of this film. Trades versus Godzilla. Trades versus Godzilla. There is a moment in the movie where America's high-tech uh, weaponry is useless, so they have to resort to Japanese bull trades to fight <laughs> Godzilla. And that's not a joke. That's a thing that happens in the movie. Sam, I'm I'm, I'm going to go on tangents forever. Get, start, start, us, start us on the recap. No, 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 no. We're not. We don't need to do a recap, Harry. It's a Godzilla movie. Like, he comes from the ocean, a city burns, and then he's eventually defeated. There, we summarized the movie. Now let's tangents. No, we, we, can, we can, we can, I would still like to very loosely go over it. Like, uh, they start the movie, there's like an abandoned boat that turns out to be plot important. Wait, then, uh, that that does it? Like, uh, yes. Was that was that a uh, Godzilla didn't like knock the people off that boat, Harry? 
I may... Alright, it's a little vague, but I'm pretty sure it's suggesting a thing about the boat that's kind of paid off in, like, the last minute of the movie. Wait, is that boat, like, the the scientist guy that they mentioned a few times? That, that's oh. his boat. Okay, so wait, did wait did he create Godzilla? I think he is Godzilla. Oh. Oh. Uh, we'll get to it, but, the, like, the last shot would kind of suggest that. Anyway. The last shot suggests a couple things, and it... A lot of it's weird, so... Uh, so yeah, they're, they're interrupted by just towing a abandoned boat in when, like, a, a highway system, it's kind of breached and there's flooding and there's just there's just kind of uh, some problems in the area. Yes, as a claustrophobic person afraid of drowning, oh, that scene got me. Yeah, and, and driving around in Seattle sometimes, like, the, there are driveways that are a lot like that, that are underwater that have also recently been kind of repaired because they were not super well maintained. Uh, yes, underground tunnels are one of the more horrifying experiences of my not-too-uncommon life, so. That, so the so the government's, like, all of the the heads are there, they're in the Prime Minister's office and say, like, alright, we need to we need to make a statement, I mean, what is this? Some people say there's a giant monster, that's silly, that's not true, it's probably just a vent system, and they say, alright, let's go to the next room, let's make this official meeting. <laughs> yeah, so you learn... Godzilla's kind of the second tier villain of this movie. The first tier villain of this movie is Japanese bureaucracy. <laughs> or just kind of like corporate style bureaucracy in general. Because every action that the humans will take against Godzilla, at least in the in the front half of the movie before shit gets real, and you know, the, the rebels have to take charge, has to go through like 10 different levels. Like you will see shot after shot of like someone in the field saying something into a microphone. It bounces to another person in an office who says something into a microphone. Bounces to a third office. Said Someone says something into the microphone. Bounces to the prime minister's office where, like, four people will just turn to each other and just chain it down to get to <laughs> yeah, the prime... Th- like, there seems to be one lady who is the liaison to the JSDF, the Japanese Self-Defense Forces, and whenever the military, like, needs to get some info and make a decision, there is an old guy who has to turn to her and say, all right, here's what we need. And she turns to the Prime Minister and says, all right, here, here's what we need. She, She's that Galaxy Quest person who says what the computer says. Yeah, they're at the same table. Like, you know, the, the first general is with ar- within arm's reach of the Prime Minister, and there is a woman in between them that has to relay every single word back and forth. They're sitting right next to each other. It's made explicit at a couple points where, you know, characters will comment like, man, it took us two hours and we didn't even have a coherent response. Or like, you know, something is evolving in the field, but because of all the layers it had to go to, like, a a decision wasn't made fast enough. You know what? Honestly, I gotta say two hours to come up with a coherent response to a kaiju riding out of the sea. I think that's not, like, terrible. Well, but it wasn't, like... They didn't even, like, call in the army, call in the police, like, you know, call in, call in anything. Like, you need some streamline, like, in an emergency situation where there's emergent events, you have to have someone who could just be like, okay, Bob, you're in charge, just get the troops there what you need, and we'll cover for you. Yeah, for for the first half of the movie, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Until all like, the uh, politicians die. Well, there's a very specific moment that we'll get to, <laughs> but, like... Like, it's like a dark comedy for the first half. It's like in the loop or whatever, because, you know, they all go into the other room. They all sit down, but they're all the same people, like just at a meeting. They just moved out of the prime minister's specific office, like a conference room. Yes, they're using Robert's rules of orders. Like everything is perfect. Like they have the notes taking. They're sitting in. (laughs) Yes, 
but then like the the sea creature which is they'd just been making fun of a guy for saying it might have been a giant creature rises out of the water and they all go like oh damn it all right you know what cancel this meeting we gotta go back to the prime minister's office so they go back to the same chairs yes they're arguing more about the format the bureaucracy than about the monster who is like you know going down a river like destroying property I, I I was a little unclear on, like, the body count of this movie. Like, clearly a lot of people died, especially during one specific moment, but... In, in the first part, I, I think in, like, the first attack, because they were... I don't know. It, the number they say is astonishingly low, so I think... It, at one point, I hear them say 100 people in the first... Just the very first one, but that has to be, like, too low, because... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were really good at evacuating. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, let's... So let's talk about this. So the way Godzilla works in this movie is he evolves. So the first Godzilla that we see is actually quite small and kind of slug-like. Very, very goofy. Like, he's just kind of flopping out of the water. He's got, like, big... Uh, he's got big eyes and, like, he's he's just kind of crawling on the ground. Yeah, barely, barely looks like a threatening creature at all. Though he has, like, you know, many, many tons and is just walking through buildings. Yeah, he, he's causing destruction just by kind of walking in a line. Uh, and um, uh, th- there's even, like, the height of the dark comedy, I'd say, is the Prime Minister going on stage and saying, all right, yeah, so he has legs, but the biologists that we've called have assured me that he's too heavy to walk on ground, so he he won't come on ground. And, like, someone is walking on the stage and whispers in his ear. It's also like, what? Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, he's on the ground now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the, the poor, poor stupid prime minister who just can't seize control of the situation and is always, like, a few steps behind and, like, just doesn't want to be in charge. Like, this is a bad leader. Well, it's, like, at the start of it, they're, like, in kind of politician mode, but, and, like, when they're they're turning to him and saying, like, hey, I mean, you may need to call the military, and it's like, but this is, like, a highly populated area. Like, our, if there's collateral, will that mess things up i mean that this could ruin us and even the the jsdf when they're moving to attack or things like that they're saying uh like you make sure you don't miss like if we if we kill civilians that will end us but it it stops and like it kind of evolves to stand taller and sprouts some tiny little chicken arms Godzilla, he's not like a puncher in this movie He's no, got like... no, no. He's very much the T-Rex style arms, which apparently were strong enough to rip steel, but, you know, still look really puny. Uh, they're, they're about to shoot him, but then they know some civilians in the area and the Prime Minister stops it, which I I guess that's good. Like, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is me knowing that it's a Godzilla movie that's 20 minutes in, and if you have a chance at, if you have a chance at ending it 20 minutes in, maybe take it. Like, there's always going to be... No, that's, that's a sign of the risk aversion... Uh, of this guy and that you know he's and that he's not even willing to risk potential second secondary subcollateral like he would rather leave like a what's he at this point like 20 30 40 feet tall monster who has just leveled buildings rather just leave it alone than risk shots at it when there's people in the general like two people two people in the general vicinity so they stop it and then Godzilla just after standing still for a bit runs back into the water yeah, there's there's very little malice in Godzilla. Like he's just you know at, at that point. Uh, even later, like I would say, like the only malice that he exposes is purely in self defense. He never he never hits first. I guess. Like I, we'll we'll get to it. But anyway, like so 
Godzilla just runs off into the water, and then there's, like, a, almost a time lapse of people that come back. You see people just, like, jogging and, like, yeah, so we de-evacuated people. We're searching for him, but we don't know. I mean, he might be in this fault, and uh, the the prime minister, or, like, the, basically a young politician guy who has kind of, he's had young, more screen. sexy, tall politician guy. Yes, ma- main character man. He was... He was the one who was speaking out a bit more, and uh, he's, like, clearly young and established. But he gets put in charge of a task force that, like, takes over a room. They bring in, like, a... They, there's shots of them bringing in tables. They bring in printers and, like, laptops and ma- mice and stuff and set it up and say, All right, we're, we're a bunch of weird idiots. Like, we're not respectable enough to care about our careers, so we're just going to throw everything against the wall and figure and figure out solutions to the problems. And, uh, and it's... I noticed because Japanese actors, like, uh, did you notice, like, uh, some toku people in here? There were a lot of really familiar faces. Like, I think the, I'm not sure what he was, but secretary of, you know, being right next to the prime minister was, like, the, the sushi chef uh, from Zero One. Tosei Kaneshiro, the, the villain from Garo we watched, he was one of the people in the task force. He was the glasses guy. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't recognize him, but, yeah, that... And this movie was full, full, absolutely full of that guys and that girls. Actually, now that I think about it, the Prime Minister, I think he was the same actor as the the horror from episode two of Garo, like the, the construction boss. Yeah, that, that's the same face, so that that's him, isn't it? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, throw on some glasses, throw off some glasses, uh, add ten years or so, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just assuming that most of these people there have cut their teeth in some toku shows. Like when you're doing a Godzilla movie, like you don't have, you don't have like a big ego about your career. You're not above putting on some plastic like helmets. You, uh, you, you say that, but like this one, uh, this one was directed at least in part by Anno, which is the super super famous uh, Evangelion guy. Well, but even so, like you know Evangelion, like that. I don't think the actors in this movie would turn their noses up at a paycheck from a Toku series. They figure out some stuff like a. Uh, one of them says, "So we're stealing. We're still dealing with enough sides that we're worrying about conservation of energy." And like he grew and was running around and was like super hot. So he's not getting that from digesting food. Is he nuclear? Mm-hmm. And they do some tests, and oh, the areas he was at were a little more nuclear than before. And the prime minister is kind of like dragging his heels and telling people because like I don't want them to freak out about nuclear material. But he's also he's. Starting to realize that this is maybe like a little bigger deal. Yeah, like the the politicians like in and during the first attack, everyone is concerned about like when buildings are falling down, their first response is to go to the media. It's to put out press. It's not to focus on like the actual response itself. It's the response to the response. But by the second attack that Godzilla comes in, which we'll get to, but like the, the prime minister pretty much every time someone says, hey, we need to do something that's kind of risky. He just says, yeah, do it. I, I authorize weapons, you know, close attacks, even if we're not 100% sure it's evacuated, just attack now. We got to deal with this thing now. Uh, by the way, uh, the second uh, attack for Godzilla, he has evolved again. Like he's he's fully Godzilla by this point, right? Yeah, he's twice as tall. He's uh, he's Godzilla. He's recognizably and... Godzilla instead of like a goofy googly eye monster. I mean, they figured out some things. Like they they know that he eats radioactive material because a sassy like uh, a sassy lady from America, so, still Japanese, like speaking Japanese. But is she the switched. Japanese ambassador or the American ambassador to Japan? No, I don't think she's the ambassador. 
I think she's just she's just kind of like a governmental person in America. Okay, yeah. Like, she is very explicitly American. Like, she is dropping English left and right, you know, having whole conversations with uh, Japanese people in English, which is really funny. Um, but then, like, she's, yeah, coordinating with the U.S. military and providing documents from uh, American scientists who know a bit more. They also found out that this scientist guy, Goromaki, was, mm-hmm. it like, he kind of predicted Godzilla in a vague way, and... They like the yeah, a depressed nuclear scientist who left some kind of strange suicide note, then went missing, and apparently was the owner of the boat. Which I guess I missed that subplot. Yep, yeah, and he he left like weird cryptic clues on it, like a a DNA map thing that doesn't make sense until they realize he had an origami crane on it. And, and like later on in the movie, they're like, oh, if we if we fold it like a crane, then this is uh this is kind of like the that this is the structure of the new element or whatever. Like he hates radiation poisoning and wants to create a world without that, but also maybe hates people and just wants to kill them. So he's one of those weird anime villains (laughs) where he's like somewhat sympathetic, but also just wants to kill everyone. He's the type of sad scientist who maybe turns into Godzilla. Yeah. My, my wife, he screamed once (laughs) Uh, and then injected himself with the become Godzilla juice. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's implied, so who the hell knows? I mean, he's a mad scientist who went missing at exactly the point where Godzilla appeared. And at, at the end of the movie, I'll just say it now, like, when Godzilla's, like, frozen form is, like, there, you see that there's, like, human humanoid forms growing out of his tail, like it was birthing people or something, so. You know, part of his evolution, he's constantly changing, constantly evolving, and his tail is, his tail's a lot more, like, Godzilla's tail, Harry, correct me if I'm wrong, has never really been a thing aside from just being like a crocodile tail. You know, it's sure it's a tool, it's a limb, it's a weapon. But in this, man, it's like it's shooting lasers. It's like spawning creatures. It's Godzilla shoots lasers out of its mouth and out of its back, which I think is new, but then also the tail. <laughs> uh, should we talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, they they figure out stuff in the in the fight, but then they Godzilla comes, he's bigger, he's badder, uh, they're more serious about this time, so I'll, they're kind of past the politicking. Yeah, so the response, it's uh, it's big, it's, you know, it's a big, profound response, uh, but the thing is, like, the tanks, the artillery, the the helicopters that the, you know, Godzilla is thrown up against, he's just shrugging them off left and right, like, the artillery kind of makes him turn a little bit, like, it seems to annoy him, like, you know, but... His skin is so hard and thick that he's just shrugging stuff off that they're throwing at him. Yeah. Then the Japanese prime minister gets a call from America saying like, hey, we decided to send up for some bombers. I hope that's okay. And they're like, what? They see the map for like the area America's going to bomb. And like, this is this is a huge chunk of the city. America's like, yeah, sorry. We're, we're going to do it, though. You're okay with this, right? I mean, we're going to do it. Japan has a. A tense relationship about American planes dropping bombs on their soil for some reason. The American B-2 bombers come and they drop. I feel like that type of bomber really wouldn't drop these types of bombs, but I I don't know. I'm I'm not that much of a military nerd. Yeah, the, Uh, the, the bombers that they use, they use stealth bombers, which I guess maybe they're easier to animate or something than like, but like. They're they're very they're very recognizable shapes. But anyway, they they drop bunker buster bombs onto Godzilla, which actually do pierce into him and blast out huge chunks. And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he's bleeding. He's it's really getting him." 
And so this is the moment where the movie stops being a dark comedy because this is fucking chilling. Like, I, I didn't know this was coming, <laughs> this scene. And as I got genuinely uncomfortable watching it because, like, he's caused a lot of damage up until now, you know? He's broken through buildings. Yeah, it's been passive damage, just, like, walking around as a giant kaiju damage, not not maliciously punching things. His back is glowing a little bit. Like, it starts glowing purple and, like, brighter. Uh, he opens his mouth, and it's also glowing, and he shoots out, like, a weird stream of gas. Then he just aims it at the ground and fires a huge gout of flame that, like, it burns out a huge chunk of the city around him. Yes, and we, we have seen, like, you know, traffic is at a standstill. Like, they ordered an evacuation, uh, but because of the bureaucracy, because they were de- delaying and, you know, not ha- being decisive, like, there's tons and tons of cars on the road. Yeah, and so it the city's like a wash with flame, but then it keeps focusing the beam like harder, like it's it becomes like a full on nuclear energy blast, and then it becomes just a fucking laser that <laughs> he swings left and right and like scythes through like bunches of buildings, knocking them down, and then like points it up and knocks down one of the bombers. And the other two bobbers, like, they see this, so they're coming in for revenge, at which point his back starts to glow again. And then his back fires a, like, dozens of lasers just in every direction, sides through even more buildings, and slaps the bobbers out of the air. Yeah, it's a rock band laser light show of pure death and destruction. And, oh, hey, the prime minister and all the cabinet who were evacuating in helicopters, like, whoopsie. Yeah, like, they get caught up in it, but it's just, the between the cinematography and the, I think there is music, but it's kind of muted, and, like, they, fucking, this is, this scene is terrifying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you could laugh through the first part of this, but when it gets, this is dark, it is grim, and it is just pure devastation and destruction. And I gotta, like, you know, we, we have shots of, like, a city just ablaze, a city on fire, which knowing some of the history of, you know, Japan, like, ooh, yeah, this is invoking very specific memories. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is that, but also, I mean, it's drawing off of more recent destruction, like the the earthquake and tsunami and stuff like that. Like, this is, I mean, it, they're reinventing Godzilla for a new generation of more modern catastrophes and drawing directly from that imagery. Mm-hmm. And then Godzilla, he just, he wipes out everything in the area and then just kind of sits there. And goes, yeah, he goes inert, which is uh, fascinating. Like, he just, he's standing, and but then, like, you know, all the glowy parts on him just kind of dim out. And, like, he closes his eyes, and he's just standing perfectly still, like, you know, like a statue. So this monster this that just, like, leveled the city, that leveled Tokyo, is just standing there, like this dark shadow. Like, for the remainder of the movie, he's just, like, standing purely visible and i mean we kind of figure out what's going on because some of the the task force then figured out hey if he's radioactive is there like a weird side problem like can we can we do something with that can we inject him with something to stop the reaction so they were doing some science and now it becomes way more important for them to do science to figure out a way to like inject him with stuff that will shut down the reaction and like freeze him because America, because goddamn America. Yeah, like, American scientists come and say, like, hey, we want to help, you know, we're going to work on this together. Then the Japanese scientists figure out, 
bad Godzilla is still evolving. He could, he could go to other countries. The American scientists immediately leave and say, hey, yeah, we're just going to nuke Japan. And so now we have the ticking clock, like uh, running the numbers. They realize that Godzilla, like he discharged all his energy. So he's going to be inert for, they estimate, two weeks. So that's the clock. That is the clock that humanity has to figure out a solution before Japan gets nuked. Yeah, because, I mean, chunks of him are falling off and people are looking at them, at them and being like, oh, these could spawn into new creatures. Like, he's just reproducing asexually. That's possible. Like, Japan doing a better version of the American plotline that they super hated where he laid eggs. They're so angry about that still. Do you know that they put American Godzilla in one of their movies and killed him and he sucked, right? I, I did hear about that, yeah. Like, was was it the eggs? I thought it was just because he looked goofy. There was a whole thing, like, you should, I mean, this is another recommendation, uh, like, uh, Caravan of Garbage, which is uh, a video series on YouTube where they, it, they they talk about movies that not all of them, they, some some of them they like. They're, they're just a couple of Australian comic book movie nerds. And, and uh, the Godzilla one, they, they go over how when Toho was cooperating with American studios, they give a list of, here's some rules that Godzilla has to follow, you know, he has to move like this, he has to have... Uh, four figures, you know, he's a guy, and, like, he has to, like, be acting in these ways, and they realized that when the American movie was basically done, they finally showed it to Toho, and he'd broken all those rules. <laughs> and it was so, so different, and so much they hated that they could, there was no point in changing any one thing, because otherwise they would have to throw out the movie, so it was like, fine, just put it out, we don't care. <laughs> and, and then they put a, then they put a monster, Gino, in another movie, which was Godzilla in name only. <laughs> and kill the fuck out of it. I love petty director fighting sometimes. Uh, but no, th this is this is a good Godzilla. Because it's super fucking terrifying. And then it's it's a organizational fight, basically. It's the politicians, you know. they Because they want to nuke it pretty soon. And they have to fight and go to, like, different countries to say, hey, you know give us a little more time like a couple more days you know yeah the but, uh the new prime minister who was like the agricultural secretary or something before who was just you know completely in over his head like he realizes that he's over in over his head and he's just working around the clock like going to the un talking with the security council members to delay america nuking japan just a little bit longer to give their scientists a chance because they they figured out like they've run the test uh, they've taken the dna and they're just running chemical after chemical to see if they can find some way to arrest uh, the uh, the nuclear fission in Godzilla's body. He's the saddest looking man ever. Like, he's just this this tired old guy with, like, like no chin. He's just like, oh, America called and said they're going to attack him and that we can cooperate if we want to. But, you know, I guess draft a law that will <laughs> that uh, puts us under martial law. I, I don't like my job. <laughs> he's just so sad. It's like, oh, I guess we gotta nuke ourselves. I don't like this. Uh, but you don't have to nuke yourselves, because the tall, sexy, cheekbone politician guy is still there, and he's still fighting. Yeah, and like, so, what, what the military was, this is how I know it's fucking, like, uh, Japanese military nerd. Because whenever uh, machines were attacking Godzilla... They had the exact name pop up on screen, saying like, "Oh, this is this is this type of rocket thing used by the JSDF or like the American ones." When they popped up, 
these are the types of bombers. But then when trades come up in the plan, also the names of the trades <laughs> pop up in exactly the same way. Like, yeah, Japanese bull trades. And here's like other ones. And uh, also the, the trucks when they're moving around chemicals. So it's just more of a general motor uh, nerd. Yeah, we get a lot of like, you know, good speeches from the sexy politician dude who I don't think we mentioned like uh, because he was so low ranking, he wasn't on the helicopters that were evacuating the uh, the prime minister's residence, which is why he's still alive. But it did mean that he was on the streets uh, during the nuclear fire uh, that Godzilla spawned. So he's pretty torched and like beat up uh, for the remainder of the movie. But he's stoic about it. He's fucking pissed. You know, he wants to he wants to freeze the thing and stop them from getting nuked. And they, I mean, they manage it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They get enough chemicals, and so they they create a plan where they're going to attack Godzilla uh, with uh, drones to cause him to use his backburst and just kind of, like, drain all his energy, cause him to, like, go inert and sleep. And then as he's down and tired, they're just Hit him with the ankles with the bullet trades, yeah! Knock him down, knock some buildings on top of him. And then just pump chemicals into his mouth. Yeah, they, they fire cruise missiles to knock down buildings just to land on him and pin him down, which is pretty rugged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, hey, it's, it's Godzilla. You gotta do what you gotta do. They pump, like, uh, what is it, like 600,000 gallons mm-hmm. of uh, some weird blood coagulant, which manages to freeze him in place. Like, it's it's a close thing. Like, the they have waves of truck to trucks to do this because they know that the first wave is probably not going to survive and guess what it doesn't <laughs> yeah and also like i mean the the sexy politician has to give a speech saying there's no guarantee that this is going to be at all safe like you're going into a very radioactive situation but it, i swear it's for the good of the world and when the plan is going on and like godzilla is getting angrier they some people are monitoring monitoring it and saying like oh, that's, the, the radiation is going way higher than what we planned, and sexy politics has to be like, whatever, we keep going, you know? Yes, because he has strong will, like, strong will to see this plan through, whereas the weak prime minister before would have pulled the plug. And they freeze him, they they do figure out that his, his blood has a new element of radiation, and I think that this movie actually... Sorry. I think that this movie is actually using new element properly. Because I, I could understand some very high-level radioactive elements that is hard to produce but has weird properties. Anyway, it's going to fade away much faster than they thought, so Tokyo will only be a hellscape for three years, which is pretty good. Uh, oh, and by the way, like when we say freeze Godzilla, that's exactly what we, we mean. Like He is a statue, again, in the center of the city, just waiting to wake up again. The sassy American lady says, uh, by the way, I mean... The nuclear launch is only paused. If it starts moving again, we will still nuke it. I was like, I guess that's the best we gotta do. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a fun, fun Godzilla movie. Like, bureaucracy is the real monster here. uh, But also, the monster is the real monster here and destroys Tokyo. Which I'm pretty, which I'm pretty sure was the scientist guy who made himself into Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it really seems like it. Maybe. Who knows? I missed that part. But, you know, I enjoyed it without it. Let's see, anything else to talk about? I mean... No, it was... It was good. <laughs> it was... It was a good monster movie that involved a lot of blowing up and explosions and punching and, like, buildings falling down. And that's well, hard that to much, describe on a podcast. I, I don't think there was any punching. Godzilla didn't punch anything, and nobody punched Godzilla. So they're, he, flipped they're a bridge. he flipped a bridge once. 
Did he use his arms, though? Um, maybe he used his snout. Yeah, he yeah, did. It was, <laughs> it, it was probably, like, neck action or or tail action. Like, those arms aren't flip, 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 flipping anything, except possibly the bird. T-Rex arms American, attack! To, <laughs> they're, fl- they're flipping the bird to American Godzilla. That's what they're for. A lot of American, you know, like, the last two American Godzilla movies, Godzilla was straight up the good guy who you were supporting. It's it's fun seeing a Godzilla movie where he is the bad guy. Like, he is horrifying and a monster and just a ruiner of everything in his path. Yeah, I mean, in the first, the very first Godzilla movie, he was nothing but a monster, but then... When they kept making more, you know, they because he kept coming back, they wanted to make him more marketable, so he eventually became, like, an ally to humanity. But if we're going back to the origin, like this one did, then he is nothing but a catastrophe to humans. It is interesting. I mean, like, it does leave the door open for additional sequels, like him to spawn new monsters, more creatures to come, like, from some of the lost body parts or DNA. I'm just googling Shin Godzilla 2 to see if that's a... Well, would it be Shin Godzilla? Because doesn't Shin mean, like beginnings or reemergence or like they, they they would still call it shin godzilla too like it, J- japanese titles aren't like sam there's there's 13 final fantasy games i get that i get that and by 13 i mean 15 <sighs> and are we counting like the side adventures the side quests the tactics the no, crystal if, chronicles if i was including the that the number would probably be like how you know what let's find out because we're, we're towards the end of the episode yeah this is totally the end of the episode i'm calling 34 Five Final Fantasies. That's my bet, Harry. What's your bet before you before you Google? I'm gonna say higher. So we're just doing higher, or lower. You're not throwing a number out. I mean, but uh, look, if I would just say 36, so I'd be closer, anyways. Well, fuck uh, you. But okay, I, you okay. know what? I'll, so my actual bet is higher, but my personal bet is uh, probably something like I'll invert it, say 53. Interesting. Okay, let's see how many there are. But, okay, this is, this article is Final Fantasy Games in Order. I thought it was going to be useful, but it's just listing 1 through 15. It's like, bro, I can figure that out. They're numbered! <laughs> well, I guess, okay, okay. In the article's defense, if they're going with American releases, then it does get a little confusing around 2, 3, and 4. Okay, as of 2010, there are 103 game sequel spinoffs and so on. So 103? Yeah. Okay, okay. I yield to you. Wait, are they talking about, like... Are they talking about, like, on different consoles? Because Final Fantasy VII on, like, the PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII on, like, the the PS Vita is the same game. I don't think that's what they're talking about. 103 is a little high. Uh, Sam, I mean, there's there's the Chocobo Dungeons, there's the Crystal Chronicles, there's the, like, the, the weird fighting game spinoffs, there's the mobile oh, games. shit. I forgot the fighting games, the racing games, the sports games. Yeah, shit. There's Brave Exivus. <sighs> Fine, okay, there's 103. I mean, Final Fantasy 13 alone is three games. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, in conclusion, uh, our episode about Wait, Godzilla, are they there's talk- way more Final Fantasy games than you think about. Uh, what about, like, the, the Disney RPG ones? Do those count because there's Final Fantasy characters? I don't think this is counting that. Well, I mean, it, is that it? Is that the episode? Yeah, I mean, this is just like a bonus thing. Uh, so, yeah, we will continue our basic coverage soon. We will be covering all of their remaining RPMs, mm-hmm. and then when they're out, all of the remaining Kamen Rider Zero Ones. And hopefully we'll scream at the world less afterwards. Yeah, I mean, who knows, maybe Sam? They'll fix it. Maybe they'll fix it. Maybe they'll stick the landing. I have my doubts. 
I guess it's not impossible. I don't think so. And and so much of Zero One was like, I don't know, maybe they'll pay this off, but like we're right at the end. And even if they do, a lot of the shit was mediocre. But we'll 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 have our conclusion soon. But what are we going to do right now, Sam? We're going to keep dancing. We are going to keep dancing, people. (laughs) 